Hello everyone, my name is Lauren Hawksworth and I'm a consecrated woman of Regnum Christi. I live here in Atlanta and in August will be my 17th anniversary of consecration. I'm originally from South Africa and this is part of my story that I want to share with you in this talk, which is growing in love for the Holy Spirit and in His patience. Patience, which is the beautiful fruit that we will be reflecting on and meditating on today. But before we begin, I just want to share a little story with you about a holy card with a beautiful prayer to the Holy Spirit on it that I received when I was 16, back in 2000. I was in grade 11 and it was at my confirmation. It was one of those typical holy cards you get from Catholic bookstores that we all get on our holy communions and confirmations. But this one was so special with such a beautiful prayer, talking to the Holy Spirit, asking him, to be with me, to guide me, to show me his will. And I remember I prayed this prayer fervently and faithfully every day for two years. At the same time, I would also pray that traditional Catholic prayer for the right spouse in life. And I remember telling Jesus, Lord, find me the right spouse, but if for some reason you do not want me to, marry, me to be married, then please show me that too. Well, it was two years later when I was traveling and working in Ireland, some of my family had immigrated there, that I met the consecrated women in Dublin. And it was while I was staying with them for a few days and praying that God's call to my heart came very strongly. I was meditating on the passage of the Samaritan woman at the well. And when Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says, give me a drink, you would have asked it of him and he would have given you the living water. It was in those words that I felt God the Father saying to me, Lauren, I want you to belong to my son. And if you had known the gift of this vocation, you would have asked for it. And I remember saying, yes, of course, of course I would have asked for it, but I didn't know about it. So thank you for showing me now. And I also see now how the Holy Spirit was so faithful in finding me the right spouse as well. Unfortunately, I lost the prayer. I lost this beautiful prayer. And after I was consecrated, I remember thinking, gosh, I wish I had the prayer. Where was it? Sometimes when on my home visits back home, I would try and look for it and I could never find it until lo and behold, two years ago in the summer of 2018, I was doing my annual retreat using this very beautiful book in Sinu Jesu, just a shout out for this book, for those of you who might not know it. It's written by a Benedictine monk who was inspired by our Lord to found a congregation of priests and their special mission is to do adoration in reparation for priests. And Jesus speaks so beautifully in this book about adoration, how we should pray, but he also speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit and about this new sacerdotal Pentecost that he wants to pour out on his priests and on his church. We all know how much the priesthood is in need of renewal, our whole church, each one of us, and how exciting to think that there could be the sacerdotal Pentecost. But when, when I was reading this book is where I suddenly came upon my prayer. And he said that it was the prayer written by Cardinal Mercier, and he is a Belgian Cardinal from the last century. And I want to, read and pray this prayer with you that changed my life as we begin our talk today. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, 
Guide me, strengthen me, console me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. And this question of knowing the Holy Spirit's will and responding to his inspirations can be one that we all have on our heart. I know I have it on my own heart. I was just talking with my own spiritual director recently, knowing that I had this novena with all of you coming up and this beautiful feast of Pentecost. I was saying to him, Father, how can I know when it's the Holy Spirit and not when it's just me, Lauren, and my ideas? And he just smiled and he said to me, I think you might be approaching this a little too scientifically. So of course I started laughing because yes, that would be me. Um, but it can be a temptation of all of us to try and figure it out and, you know, with our reason and our um, wanting just to have it all clear. How do I know when it's him? But so much of this relationship with the Holy Spirit is based on faith and trust. And we need to ask him for those graces and gifts to know that he is the spirit that blows where it wills. As Jesus told Nicodemus, you do not see it, but you can feel it. It's like the wind that blows. And we want to be like that ship on the sea that is so docile to the wind of the Holy Spirit that we can just say, come Holy Spirit, breathe into my sails and blow me in the direction that you want to take me. So my spiritual director gave me four points that we can use to grow in this knowledge and love of the Holy Spirit. And then we will look at this fruit of patience. You can patiently wait for me to go through these with you, but I think it's important. We first need to know and love this divine spirit, this person of the Trinity that is often so unknown. I know for myself growing up in South Africa, that was very Protestant. The Catholic identity was very weak. And for those of us who were Catholic, we had a great Marian spirituality and a very Jesus-centered spirituality, but not very Holy Spirit. Centered. So I remember when I joined Regnum Christi and I read our beautiful statutes about the Holy Spirit as the sanctifier, the ad advocate, this welcome guest of our soul who wants to paint the image of Jesus onto our soul, who wants to transform us into Jesus. I remember thinking, wow, how much I want to grow in my love for him. So I hope some of these points can help us all grow in our love for him. So first of all, my spiritual guide said, Lauren, first of all, start off with Our Lady. And I almost started crying because that's easy for me. I love her so much and she can take me to him. <clears throat> so as you can see behind me, I have this beautiful picture of the Blessed Mother. This picture was in my parents' bedroom my whole life growing up. And I asked my mom a few years ago if I could bring it back and have it with me because she's just such a comforting presence. So we can turn to the Blessed Mother. One of her beautiful titles is Spouse of the Holy Spirit. Spouse of the Holy Spirit. And why is that? Because she was literally overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and conceived Jesus in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just think about this magnificent mystery. Our Lady was overshadowed and literally Jesus Christ became man by the power of the Holy Spirit in her womb. 
I, I think we can just only even begin to imagine what an incredible moment of joy and happiness and elation and union with God that must have been that literally Jesus was conceived inside of her and we can ask her mother please prepare me for the coming of the Holy Spirit I want to be overshadowed like you were I want to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that Jesus is born spiritually within me that I can bring Jesus to others like you did when you went to visit Elizabeth and we know the gospel tells us at the sound of Mary's greeting St. John leapt in Elizabeth's womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary carrying Jesus fills people with the Holy Spirit and we ask her, we say, Mother, come and visit us, come and bring your son so that we may be filled with the same Holy Spirit. And also so that when we as apostles go out carrying Jesus, others may be filled and anointed with this Holy Spirit just by our presence. And then, of course, we know that Mary was there in the cenacle, in the upper room, after Jesus ascended. She was there with many other holy women praying with the apostles, preparing them for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we can just imagine her telling them, you have no idea what is about to happen to you. The most incredible love and presence and power of God is going to be poured into your soul. And she could tell them, I can vouch for this. When I was a young girl, he literally descended upon me and Jesus was conceived. I promise you, he will come upon you in such a real way. As tongues of fire, you will feel his presence. You will be filled with all his fruits and all his gifts, especially his courage. So Mary, we turn to you now and we ask you to accompany us in these days leading up to Pentecost. Teach us to pray, Mother. Help us to not be afraid of the Holy Spirit, to not be afraid of his coming, to not be afraid of what he might ask, and to just open ourselves up to his gifts and to his fruits. Second of all, we can turn to Jesus to teach us about the Holy Spirit. He is the divine master and the last night of his life, the night before he died, he spoke to us about the Holy Spirit. We know that in a person's last moments, they speak about the most important things. And I would encourage you to go to um, the Gospel of St. John, starting in chapter 14. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. The spirit of truth, which the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows it, but you know it because it remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Jesus says he will ask the Father to give us another advocate. And why another one? Well, because Jesus is the first one. But we need another advocate after Jesus has gone to the Father. We need someone who's got our back to stand up for us before the Father and before others. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. What consoling words. And then again, further on, these words that if they were not recorded in the gospel, we probably wouldn't be able to believe that they were true. This is what Jesus says. But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I'll read this again. 
But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus Christ it is, say, is saying to us that it is better for us that he goes so that he can send us his spirit. Those words are just worth a whole meditation, a whole, a whole holy hour. Do I believe this? Do I believe that it is better that the Son has ascended to the Father so that he can send me his Holy Spirit? This Holy Spirit that I received at my baptism, where the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit came to dwell in me, and again at my confirmation, where the same Holy Spirit that overshadowed Jesus in the Jordan and overshadowed Our Lady came upon me. Let us ask for the grace of faith to truly believe this. And many, many other things Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to go to the scripture and learn about the Holy Spirit from the words of our Lord himself. Then we can learn a lot from St. Paul. In all of his letters, he constantly speaks about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the need for each one of us to be men and women of the Spirit. He often talks about putting our flesh to death and living life in the Spirit. What is this life of the Spirit? It is this life of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, of people who are in the life of grace, united to God by faith, hope, and love, and just constantly asking the Holy Spirit to be possessed by Him, so that, in fact, we can be Jesus. As St. Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is our hope, and that is the goal of holiness, that we can become Jesus. Um, Luis Maria Martinez, in his beautiful book on the Holy Spirit called The Sanctifier, says that an artist always likes to paint his ideal, this beautiful ideal that is in his mind, but very few artists are actually able to convey the perfect image of their ideal. <clears throat> well, the Holy Spirit is the divine artist that wants to paint the image of Jesus on our souls, and he can do it perfectly. He can do it perfectly. Also, we can get to know the Holy Spirit by the personal gifts and charisms each one of us has. Maybe some of you have done the St. Catherine of Siena Institute discernment of the spiritual gifts and charisms. If not, it's something you can talk to a good friend about, a spiritual guide, and say, hey, what are those spiritual gifts and charisms that you think are, that I have, that we are all given, each one of us, to help with the building up of the body of Christ, as St. Paul says. So that's another way to see the Holy Spirit in our life. But we can also tell the Holy Spirit in our life through the fruits. And this whole novena is about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And one of those fruits is patience. And you have all been very good and very patient, waiting for me to get to the point um, of patience. So first of all, I would like to say that patience is a gift. It is not something that we just white knuckle and, oh God, give me patience, or we try and do on our own. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for. Prayer is so important when talking about these fruits and these gifts. We cannot do it on our own. It is a gift from him that we need to ask for daily. And maybe this quarantine situation for many of you has helped you realize how much you need patience. For me, I have realized that. I also know I can be an impatient person by temperament. 
and it is something I always have to ask God the grace for. Maybe some of you are more patient than, than me or than others. And we all need this gift though, because there are times and people <laughs> that can really test this virtue. So I would like to focus on three aspects of patience, patience with ourselves, patience with others, and patience with God. So first of all, patience with ourselves. You might be thinking, hmm, what do you mean by that? Well, many people struggle to be patient with themselves. When we fall, when we make a mistake, when we see our weaknesses, people can get very impatient and upset with themselves and actually be very cruel and harsh and berating. And that is not what God wants. That is not coming from the Holy Spirit. That impatience is not from him. And sometimes the devil can make us be more impatient and upset with ourselves than we need to be. Yes, we need to be very sorry for our sins and strive to not sin again. But we need to be patient, knowing that we are creatures, we are sinful, we are weak. Of course we will fall. Who do we think we are if we think we will never fall? That's actually prideful to think that I'll never make any mistakes. So we need to be patient and I encourage you, I encourage you every night to do an examination of conscience and to ask yourself, have I been impatient with myself at all today? Am I less patient with myself than I am with others? We are temples of the Holy Spirit and God wants us to be patient with ourselves. Pope Francis has often spoken about the need for a revolution of tenderness in the world, a revolution of tenderness, how beautiful that is. But I would like to say as a consecrated woman who guides many people spiritually and sees how many people can be so hard on themselves that we need this tenderness, first of all, with ourselves. So I would encourage you to catch yourself when you're being very harsh and very demanding on yourself and say, no, I need to be patient with myself. The same patience that Jesus has with me, I need to have with myself. Second of all, this patience with others. And here we all might be having a good giggle or if you're watching, this talk with a spouse, you might be nudging each other because yes, when it comes to others, we know we need tremendous amounts of patience. And why is this? It's because as many people as there are in the planet are the differences among us. And we all think very differently, do things very differently. Um, I even remember seeing a meme during this quarantine. It was a man, he posted something like, during this quarantine, my wife and I are playing a game of why do you do it that way? And he said, and there are no winners. <laughs> why do you do it that way? Well, it's just because it's the way I do it and it's different from yours. So there are so many little things that can drive us mad about other people, the way they do things, the way they are, their mood swings, the way someone loads the dishwasher, um, a hundred tiny little details that can drive us mad about other people. So we need a lot of patience. We need the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with his gift of patience. And again, this only comes through prayer. And I would also say that linked to the fruit of patience are the gifts, the spiritual gifts of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Because if we have the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit, we will be able to judge people less harshly. We will see them with the eyes of God we will be able to understand more deeply what is going on in their mind and heart 
and situation. We all know that famous saying of, do not judge another until you've walked in their shoes. Well, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, please come help me to see with your eyes and to judge with your mind so I'm not so harsh, not so quick to be so impatient. And we can also ask ourselves, what kind of a testimony of patience am I? When I'm in the grocery store, when I'm at the checkout counter, when I'm talking to that customer service person for no matter what service I'm calling for and, and I'm on hold and I am frustrated, but it's not that whole person's fault. How am I? Which doesn't mean we can't be clear and firm and challenge people when things are not right or adequate. Of course, that's fine, but we shouldn't lose our impatience too quickly and, you know, shoot the messenger and cause someone else to suffer unnecessarily. This is the grace we need to pray for. And last of all, this patience with God. Patience with God. And maybe you might be asking, what do you mean patience with God? Well, how many times have you said to God, God, why have you not answered me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you not answered this prayer or helped this person or come to the aid of our world? How many people during this coronavirus situation have turned to God and said, how long, O Lord? How long until you act? Where are you? It could be through an illness, the suffering of a loved one. We just cannot understand why God sometimes takes so, so long. We can think of Martha and Mary in the gospel where they sent Jesus the message, Lord, the one that you love is ill. And Jesus stayed away for more days and Lazarus died. And then when Jesus finally came to visit them and he, they ran up to him and they said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And what did Jesus say to them? He said, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God. The glory of God. And that is why God waits sometimes for his glory. He knows his plan better than we do. We have to trust and have faith. And I would like to assert that faith-filled people are very patient people because they see themselves and others and circumstances with the eyes of God. Faithful people are very patient people and patient people are very faith-filled people. So as we can see, the theological virtues, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits are all so linked, so linked together. And I want to read a quote now from our beloved Pope Emeritus, Benedict XVI, talking about this patience with God. How often we wish that God would show himself stronger, that he would strike decisively, defeating evil and creating a better world. All ideologies of power justify themselves in exactly this way. They justify the destruction of whatever would stand in the way of progress and the liberation of humanity. We suffer on account of God's patience. God who became a lamb tells us that the world is saved by the crucified one, not by those who crucify him. The world is redeemed by the patience of God. It is destroyed by the impatience of man. The world is redeemed by the patience of God. And we can think of our beloved Savior, who was hidden in Nazareth for 30 years, 
patiently waiting for his father to say, okay, my son, it is time for your mission to begin. Jesus was patient in Nazareth. Jesus was patient in Gethsemane when he hoped the bitter cup of suffering would pass, but he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He was patient with his apostles when they were squabbling constantly about who was the greatest among them. He was patient with the Pharisees with their hardness of heart. And he has been patient with each one of us on our journey towards love of him. So we can end now in a prayer. I want to ask our Heavenly Father to bless each and every one of you with his gifts, with the fruits of his Holy Spirit, this Spirit which is the very love between the Father and the Son. May our Heavenly Father pour the Spirit of his Son Jesus into your heart so that you may not be an orphan, so that you may not be alone, so that, that this Advocate can stand up for you in every moment of your life, that this Spirit of truth can guide you to all truth, that this Spirit can comfort you in moments of sadness and darkness, and ultimately, that this spirit, this sanctifier, this welcome guest, this divine artist can paint the image of Jesus onto your soul. So that when you get to paradise, our heavenly father can see not you, but his beloved son in you. In the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.